Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Reserves. I belong, I belong to you. I belong, I belong to you. You do just what you want. Guys, I'm Sai, and welcome to Ace Podcast Nation, the home of the Andy Campbell Championship Show. This is episode number 137. The show is available live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Ace Podcast Nation, of course, your home to many great shows and series featuring top guests, expert analysts, and more. So please do give us a follow on social media for more information on upcoming shows and guests. But uh, most importantly, subscribe to that YouTube channel, click the bell for notifications, and get uh, all our shows first. And uh, of course, if you prefer your podcasts in audio form, you can download uh, your favourite radio or podcast platform, the links to which are in the description. But if you search Ace Podcast Nation on that particular platform, there's over 400 shows on a variety of subjects with a variety of guests. And if you want to keep it football, follow at AC Footy Show on all social media platforms for uh, where you'll see uh, 
football related opinions as well as updates on the upcoming guests and shows and any extra shows we do because we do slip in some extra shows plus we've got the euros coming up as well and uh, we'll have some announcements regarding that coming up sooner than you think but uh, just as we wait for the latecomers any uh, any stragglers as it were big thank you to black diamond sports as ever for all their support around the show around the channel um, they've been a great help this past year really really helping us out and uh, supporting us through what has been a weird time with the pandemic and everything and obviously the extra shows added as well. Black Diamond Sports is a global sports agency representing sports stars from around the world. For more information on them and what they're doing, you can visit their social media pages as well as their website, the links to which are below or in the closing credits at the end of the show. Today's sponsor, as ever, Bespoke Financial and of course, Darren Ralston of Bespoke Financial has given away a free will with £140 with any new policy which is taken out. Please check him out, give him a call, tell him that we sent you and uh, do not miss out on this amazing offer. He's looked after Andy with various policies over the years, including the critical illness, the injury cover. They are truly top of their field, provide award-winning service and we are very proud to partner with such a top-class brand. And we thank them for sponsoring the show. There's also, uh, a, there'll be an ad later on from them at the end of the show. And uh, please do check them out. And hopefully they've got a service to uh, to help you. But Because uh, we're all about helping the people. But with no further ado, let's get into it. Lots and lots of stuff to talk about, preview. As well as uh, some random topics to get the 60 second view on. But uh, let's get the weekend started with the man himself. He is what some would say a myth, a man, a legend. He's also disappeared, but he'll be back in just a second. So I'm going to ramble on and talk and talk and talk. And we're going to go. Welcome to all the people. And uh, it's very difficult when you've got to talk to yourself because there's no one to bounce off. But he is a man, a myth, a legend, <laughs> the gold collector, the fox in the box, the king of the Millennium Stadium, the QPR dream killer. David Jones' favourite son, the man himself, Mr. Andy Campbell, the ex-Middlesbrough and Cardiff City striker. How are you, my friend? Apologies, I just I pressed the wrong button. I, I was I was I was reading the, the things in the chat, and instead of pressing the X, I pressed leave. So I'm really sorry, everybody. Yeah, I'm doing great. Yeah, it's uh, it's the end of the week. Big games tomorrow. Some huge games for some um, some big football clubs. There's going to be um, there's going to be plenty of tears of joy, plenty of tears of. Um, of misery tomorrow, uh, come three o'clock I think, because obviously the games kick off early. But uh, but yeah, I think you'll see some. Um, you think you see plenty of goals tomorrow. If people want to see loads of goals, I think there's a lot of teams with nothing to play for. I think a lot of players will play with no fear because next season is going to be a, a different kettle of fish with fans back in the stadium, which I'm looking forward to as well. But yeah, really excited to talk about it. Oh yeah, yeah. I just I thought it was really awkward because I was like talking and talking and talking and talking, and then you just disappeared. So I had to keep talking. I had nothing prepared. I was just rambling for a, for a minute. But there we go. It is where it is. Uh, yes, uh, Matthew, I do know that intro off by heart now. I just uh, I mix it up a little bit now and again. But uh, it's, it's one of those. I've said it so much that uh, it's just off by heart. So we're going to start with Tell Me Why, mate. But uh, Gavin asked the question, who called the Champions League final? Well, I think we both called the Champions League final. But I will ask you a question, both you and the people in the chat. Who called the Europa League final? 
Yeah, not me. I, I did say, obviously, I knew United, obviously, were. Uh, that was before the first leg, by the way. United were always going to do it. I didn't think they'd do it as very as comfortably as they did. Um, it was comfortable With, with, night, with saying that, I thought Roma absolutely battered them for long periods last Second night. Should have been, yeah. should have been uh, bigger than um, bigger than three two. Weird uh, side, mate. United. Yeah, weird Arsenal. Side. I, 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 listen, I fear for, I fear for Mikel. Yeah, I, I think he's yeah, I think he's um, with 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 what's happening this season. I.e., they're not going to get into Europe next year. I think it's going to be a big struggle for him to um, win over the owners, yeah. the fans, uh, and and the players. One of the bright lights from has been Odegaard. I can't see him staying if they're not in Europe. So it's, you know, that's, I think that's um, it's been good to see him though because when he signed for Madrid at sixteen, he was obviously hyped up a lot, and then he didn't really do anything, didn't yeah. play, and he went out and alone. And it was it's been good to see him get regular football at a top level. Um, yeah. Like what I say about United just quickly is they're so strange, mate. Like every single goal, maybe apart from Pogba's header in that first leg. Every single one of the goals they scored was for not like a, an excellent goal. Even the goals they scored last night, phenomenal team goals. Like going forward, they look as if you know as good as anyone. When particularly when Cavani's playing with Pogba yeah. and Fernandez in the in the starting lineup, but defensively, mate, they are absolute shambles. Like out outside of Wan-Bissaka and uh, Shaw, they're all right, but everywhere else, and when they replace those two. They look like a schoolboy team. Um, yeah. uh, well, to be honest, I, I can't even give the goalkeeper any credit yesterday because some of the some of the some of the saves that he made was just so unorthodox and, and very lucky. You know what yeah. I mean? I, 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 listen, I he's, he's always been there, a bit like that, hasn't he? De Gea, he's been a bit like his body shape is. Some weird, of the chances which Roma missed were just out of this world. They the, the scored the harder ones and missed the easy ones. It was uh, it was very um, bizarre, very strange game. Yeah. I'll be very interested to see where they go. But anyway, we'll go into the first tell me why, mate, okay? Because um, it kind of coincides with what we were just saying. So people have been enjoying the uh, the kind of European talk we've had over the last couple of weeks, as the, obviously as the season comes to a climax. So we'll continue that with the Tell Me Why. So uh, if, for any new viewers, Tell Me Why is a feature we do where uh, I ask Andy or Andy and the guest, if you've got a guest, they've got to answer a question or talk about a subject for 60 seconds that I give them. Um, so your first question, mate, is the European Cup semi or the European semi-final second leg review stroke uh, the finals are set preview. So you've got 60 seconds to sort of talk about the semi final second legs, and then obviously the finals are set. And uh, your time starts now. Uh, Man City dominated the game. I thought Paris Saint Germain were very poor. Um, I thought their tactics were awful. Um, I thought their discipline was even worse. Uh, some of the tackles towards the end of the game were disgusting. Not a Pochettino yeah. type of performance. Um, People like Neymar and uh, Verratti let themselves down, in my opinion. But listen, no credit taken away from Man City. I thought they were outstanding. John Stones, Diaz, Foden, are absolutely out of this world. So give credit where credit's due. Um, Chelsea did things a little bit, a little bit harder, a little bit more professional. Um, you know what I mean? In terms of uh, they got the job done. You know what I mean? They created lots of chances, but just couldn't get that second goal. And um, obviously they got a bit fortunate, fortunate with the first goal, hit the crossbar and landing on the on the line for the header. But I thought the second goal was outstanding, great team goal, um, and deserved deserved fully deserved it. The final for me is going to be a 
an outstanding game. Really looking forward to it. Um, I think Man City will just will just uh, will will learn from their mistakes and, and get over the line. Europa League, we just talked about United, uh, fantastic over two legs. Second leg did the job they needed to do. The rest of the few players, um, you, Arsenal, don't get it. Didn't have the best two players, two attacking players. Aubameyang didn't start up front with Lacazette. Um, then he brought off Aubameyang after hitting the post. He was the only threat. I, I just didn't get at his tactics and. And I really fear for him now because that was a real opportunity to get in the Champions League. It was a real opportunity to put a marker down in, in English and European football. But taken away again from Villarreal, I thought they defended outstandingly. You know, I mean, they got a bit of bit of luck when they needed it off the post and things. But um, Emery will be delighted. Sixty seconds, mate. I think I went a bit over there because I got distracted yeah. reading comments. Um, I pretty much agree with everything you said, mate. Um, look, I thought um, Manchester City were excellent. I thought what Paris did towards the end of the game is they were trying to get players sent off and banned. Yeah, I agree. Um, Roma did a similar thing until they got a couple of goals. They trying to wind up Cavani and Pogba. And it's like, that's just nothing but frustration and spite, is it? To get those players to miss the finals. Um, I thought Chelsea was just a clock. They got a really good team, Chelsea have. And I think with one or two sign-ins, even without sign-ins, I actually think they'll be up there with the title next year. year. But I... They just look good all around. That keeper they've signed, as sent, like last year, their keepers looked a bit shaky, didn't they? With um, yeah. the, the Spanish, the, I can't remember his name, sorry, the small Spanish lad um, in goal. They looked really shaky. They've brought in this guy. He looks phenomenal. He's made some incredible saves these last few weeks. Thomas Tuchel is a good manager tactically as well. Yeah, um, he is. Like I said about United, going forward, they look sensational. Uh, at the back, they look dodgy. Someone said about side? Cavani, mate. I just want to just ask you a question about him as well, though. Sorry, just quickly right. with Cavani. Um, obviously, he signed for a year um, with the option for a further year. Um, there was rumours of him going back to Boca Juniors and not re-signing for that second year. United have said now they want him, and he's apparently, if you believe the papers, sort of umming and ahhing. Like to me. He brings balance to that United side because they haven't got an out-and-out number nine. Um, but what he's shown in the late, I think he scored eight in seven. Um, what he's shown is he's still a very, very good footballer. And to me, I think you you try and re-sign him. You do everything you can to re-sign him and spend however much you need to sign a decent centre-back rather than letting him go and you have to fork out a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of money for a striker, and then you can't. You've got to go with the same defence again. But they're going to have to do that anyway the following season. So I, I think that. Yeah, but you... I think the I think the planning's got to be. I know what you're saying about the about. Um, I think it works with 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 him being a, a more of a physical physical player. That, that, you know, what I mean, the the role that he does suits the team with the other players that got in around him. They need to find a player who fits a similar mould. They're going to have to spend the money in the long run. So for me. Yeah. Because you've got to look at it from a personal point of view as well, the player's point of view, that, that the opportunity to go to Boca Juniors, for example, is probably going to be a two-year contract or a three-year contract. Mm. So he's got to be a little bit selfish sometimes and think the longevity of his career, less games, is not as high level as the Premier League. So he could probably go on for a little bit longer. You know what I mean? So for him personally, yeah. it's probably a good, it's a good move for him. But for, for United, it potentially could be a disaster. They would probably want to keep him, don't they? Yeah. Unless, yeah, I think... Harry, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but like Harry Kane is kind of like he seems like the perfect replacement for the how yeah. for how um, Cavani's 
played for and how yeah, he's brought the best out of other players. For the goals, for the goals he scored, like the goal he scored yesterday with the one on one and the way he hit it, it's Harry Kane like, you know what I mean? So yeah. it's like that that Harry Kane gets hold of the ball, he puts the balls in behind for Son and for Moore and for, for other players, exactly like Cavani does. So it's for me it's it does look like it's like for like and United have made mistakes in the past by not filling in the holes and it's taken them years to recover. You know what I mean? So now I'm sure that they will replace like for like because they don't have a choice. You know what I mean? Mm. They've, they've struggled by not putting the best managers in place, i.e. David Moyes um, yeah. and, other, and other managers. They, you, know I mean? you can't fill holes with the wrong personnel. You know what I mean? They've made the mistakes, but I think they've, they've learnt by those mistakes and they've got themselves in a position now to, to really go on. You know what I mean? Because next year's Next year is going to be massive, you know what I mean? Because you just said there about Chelsea, you know what I mean? It's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be even harder if they think they've closed the gap this year. Man City potentially will go to another level because they could be European champions as well. So they could go and bring in another four, five, six players. You just, you just don't know what the European Championship champions could go and bring in. They could bring a Haaland in. They could go and bring anybody in. It's, it's, it's crazy what the well, what Man the City could can bring. spend anything, can't they? They can literally mm. buy any, like from a financial point of view, they can spend as anything they want. Mm. Whereas I think United don't have that money. So to me, they should be focusing on if you if they've got say 200 million to spend and they can raise another 50 from say selling De Gea, I'd be trying to sign Harry Kane for 100 and whatever million it takes plus a world-class defender. And if that's the only two players you sign, then that's it. Because I think if you slot in those two players alongside what they've already got, and assuming you keep Pogba and Fernandez and all these other players, then I think they can challenge with those two. And I'm talking like they've got to be world-class signings. But yeah. They don't need more squad players. They need a centre-back and a striker who's, you know, the best of the best sort of thing. And yeah, I just, yeah. you know, with everything going on, the Glazers and stuff are not going to happen. Um. Arsenal, shambles, mate. Don't know what's going on with them. Um, they're going to struggle. There's no way yeah. Aubameyang's going to stay next year if they're not no, in why Europe. Would he? And why would he? The why way he's been treated, mate, in yeah, all honesty, he? not listen, been great. I, I get tactics side. Listen, I'm, I'm all for managers trying to stay in games and not lose games and, and go for games too too quickly, so to speak. But they had to turn around. They had to score. So why, why do they think they had the God-given right to go and score in the last 15, 20 minutes? They didn't. You know what I mean? If they scored in the first minute, then... For me, they're going to win the game because that second goal would have come. The third goal might have even come, but they had to get that first goal. And if you're not going to go... They had a French international follower on the bench for the majority of the game. Who, one who of the best play. strikers in Europe, mate. Yeah, it's, 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 it's madness, really. One of the best you know finishers I mean? I'm not, in Europe. I'm not here slagging off a manager who's very technically inept. So he's very technically um, skilled. He's obviously worked with one of the best, the best, best, best managers in the world. But I think yesterday he's got his tactics really wrong. And... Yeah. He must be kicking himself today because they've lost a huge opportunity. Because their season yesterday was their season. It wasn't. It wasn't yeah. like if it wasn't if we lose, we can go on and look off, look forward to the Champions League and, and qualify for something else. It's their season was that one game. Yeah, hundred percent. Here's a quick guy. Something just sprung to mind. What about this? Uh, Jesse like Lingard. Oh, sorry about that. Jesse Lingard in a cash plus player deal for Patrick Aubameyang. Would that be a good deal for both clubs? Um, I'm not sure Aubameyang is the right striker for United. The kind of player United, United need. He, he, he's similar, probably to a Rashford, similar to mm. uh, Greenwood. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, 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 and Wood. Yeah, and Wood um, Wood 
I do those two give you more? I've been really impressed with Greenwood. I thought he was outstanding again yesterday. I think he missed a couple of good chances, but I think with a, with a, with some more games, some more. Composure, I think he's a future number nine, mind. And England, yeah, and England, an England call up in the summer. I think he will get more confidence from that. So for me, yeah. I would prefer to save that kind of money and sell Jesse Lingard to a club for cash and use that money to bring in a a number nine. If it is Harry Kane or if it's somebody else, then for me, I Someone think. Someone asked um, in the chat, mate, how much do you think Harry Kane would cost? Um, I would. I'd listen. Money talks, doesn't it? And hard cash talks. If if United turned round or anybody in the world turned on to Spurs and said, "We will offer you one hundred and twenty-five million pounds to sign a player," you know what I mean? I think, I, as well. I think they'll. I think that. I think you take it because I, I don't think he would be able to turn it down without thinking they're going to come back with another offer because I don't see them going up more than 150 I'll be honest and, and I, I think once we're talking about that kind of money it's, it's outrageous you know what I mean because they'll, what, they'll, what United will do they'll probably just go and buy somebody else for 50 so then Harry Kane then is unsettled Harry Kane Gav, Gavin reckons want to move. 50 million I think he's to get much more than 50 for Harry Kane uh, yeah, I, 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 England, I listen, England I, I think, captain although his age minimum, maybe I think minimum double because I think is is his worth for Tottenham. You know what I mean? I think yeah. you look at you look at players have signed for eighty before, so it was thirty. Yeah, I don't see under hundred million. So unless there's a player chucked in as well. Um, Gaz says Jesse Lingard will be playing your Champions League football with West Ham next year. Oof. Tell you what though, the, the price the the price if he does get them Champions League football, he'll, he'll, he'll probably add another thirty million quid on it. So I'm pretty sure his his price has gone up substantially from what it was. Uh, Geraint says 80 million minimum. Uh, Matthew, I think it was, asked which defender do you think United should sign? Difficult one, isn't it? Because um, for me, for me, you're looking you're looking around Europe. Um, a couple of the Villarreal defenders yesterday, I thought were uh, I thought were absolutely outstanding. So for me, you're probably looking at the Spanish Spanish league because they can defend properly. You know what I mean? I, I used to look at Italian defenders. Years ago, and think that they were they had they knew the art of defending the Baresi's, the Maldini's, mm. all those kind of players, and they did they had it they had it off to a fine art. But the Italian football at the minute is not as strong as uh, as it as it used to be. Um, so for me, if I was going to pick somebody off the top off the top of my head, I'd probably go for um, Albiol. Yesterday, who played at centre half for uh, Villarreal. Okay. So I thought, it was, I thought it was absolutely brilliant. So I would say, um, if you'd asked me probably 18 months ago, I would have said probably Koulibaly from uh, Napoli. I wouldn't yeah. say that anymore. He's a bit older. Um, I'd probably go with uh, Upper Meccano Up, uh, from Leipzig. Um, there's hasn't a Roma defence. I think he signed for someone, didn't he? Yeah, I think he did, actually, thinking about it. It's hard off the top of your head, isn't it? Um, yeah. The other one was the um, the Roma defender, I thought was pretty good. Um, oh, I mentioned him last week. I can't remember his name now. Um, but he was uh, a, like a spy. I think it was a Spanish lad. He was pretty good, and yeah, maybe the one you mentioned from Villarreal. I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Um, do, 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 do. There's a guy from Leverkusen, uh, Tapasoba, I think. Um, Seville have got a couple. You know, there's 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 defenders out there. You're, you're always taking a risk if you sign a defender who's twenty twenty one. It's hard, it's, it's hard though, isn't it? It's hard now. What 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 are teams looking for? Are they looking for um, Virgil Van Dijk type of defender who was who's quick, strong, good in the air? Are they looking for somebody who can play? Harry Maguire. Aren't they? So somebody who can play. Somebody who can play. 
You know what I mean? So if, somebody who can play with, um, you know what I mean, and play on the ball and, and, and getting the getting the ball down. I felt sorry for Smalling yesterday. I'll be honest with his no, injury and stuff. He, so it was, uh, he was dreadful in the first leg, in fairness, but he's yeah. had a lot going on. Um, Reese says Alibaba from uh, was on a free from Bayern, so like that would have been a good signing. Um, someone else said. Uh, Sergio Ramos is the rumour. Holgate that said Sergio Ramos is the rumour. I think that'd be a dreadful sign. I tell you who would be the other rumour from Madrid was uh, Rafael Varane. Now I think that could be a, a quite a good signing for him. Ultimately, if they could keep Eric Bailly fit, they wouldn't need a defender because he's no. very very good. He brings the I ball thought he was out. excellent. He's, I thought he was excellent yesterday. He's in, very good. In he's good in all everything mm. that you need him to be. The problem is you cannot keep him fit for a season. Um, right. Second question, mate. Let's move on. Um, so, the uh, Cade said, I would love to have seen uh, Chris Smalling and Mkhitaryan's face when Jose Mourinho was announced as manager. And um, that's what I wanted to talk to you about with um, Jose Mourinho and, and Roma uh, being announced. He's taken over in the summer. Now, um, Jose Mourinho, it was announced as a project. He's got a three-year deal, which isn't massively unusual. But it was uh, it was the wording of the press release and uh, what like his interview was very very much like uh, described as a project rather than instant success, which is what other teams like Tottenham, you know, they wanted a the trophy, they sacked him before he had the chance to win that trophy. It's um, it's an interesting one. So I'd like you to talk to me about it. Like, should players like Smalling and Mkhitaryan be worried, or should they be confident that? They've played well for Roma, and you know he's seen them before, so he's going to bring in the rumours of the Hayer and stuff. But uh, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on it. And uh, your 60 seconds starts now. I think players will obviously be a little bit cautious and wary of signing for a manager who um, who they played under before or played in the same division as, because Jose has been very successful everywhere he's gone. So you know what I mean. It's, it, but when when you don't hit the ground running with a certain manager, you think that your uh, name's going to be tied with the same brush. I think sometimes, or you you see it as a fresh start. Um, the manager knows how you can do, so he's going to rely on you because he does, he knows more of you than he does of somebody else. So you can see it as a positive and a negative a little bit. Um, I think they're experienced enough players to understand that even if things don't work out, that there's plenty more clubs in the in the ocean to go and sign for as well. That that Chris Smalling, you know what I mean? That. Sometimes you can move to another club, reinvent yourself again. Same as Mkhitaryan, you know that, that these kind of. I know Chris has only just signed there, but Mkhitaryan seems to be in there a couple of seasons. Um, mm. Same as Edin Dzeko, for example, you know that Edin was in the Premier League when when Mourinho was there as well. So will he be his cup of tea? He's, he's aging a little bit, and um, players will always be aware. But I think um, it's down to the players to uh, impress the manager. End of story. And then that's your time up, mate, as well. Um, absolutely, um, I think he will bring in. A couple of players. I think he'll bring in Eric Dyer, and I think he will probably bring in. He will be in the running to get David De Gea. Um, although I think ultimately De Gea will go to Paris because he's on about three hundred grand a week, and I don't think unless he takes a pay cut, he's gonna. Uh, he's gonna. You know, Roma are not gonna pay him that much, basically. No, no way. Um, but it'll be interesting, mate, because uh, he's got history in me in Italy. Yeah. He won the league with and the Champions League with Inter Milan. Yeah. Um, He's got. He's. I think he's got a bit of a chip on his shoulder. He's got something to prove. He arguably failed at United. Although I would argue that the club failed him more than the other way around by not backing him. I've said before, if you're gonna have, if you're gonna bring Mourinho into Man United, where his 
the way he plays goes against everything in the club's history, then you've got to give him a, a shed load of money. Like that's the point of bringing him in, isn't it? To yeah, give him well, a shed load of money, let him build a team, let him win you everything for two or three years, and then he blows up and he goes. But he's built like a winning mentality. Hmm. Well, Mourinho's a wounded animal at the minute, so he's got he's got a point to prove because you know what I mean. He's running out of probably clubs in countries. You know what I mean because he, he never moves to the same to a different club in the same country normally. You know what I mean without going to a different country first and coming back. So. You know, I mean, he's got a, he's got a big job to do now. A big club, by the way. You know, I mean, who could be successful? You know, the, the semi-final Europa League. Um, you know, I mean, they're doing all right in the league this year, so I'm sure um, I'm sure he'll go there with a bit of confidence. Yeah. Can I ask you a quick question, mate, before we move on to the championship? Um, I should have put it as a tell you why, really. Uh, tell me why. Um, Pochettino is he flopping? Like he was when he was at Spurs, linked to the Man United job, didn't take it or didn't get it, whatever, whichever way you want to look at it. Um, then a year later, was gone from Spurs. He's gone to PSG. Many thought, you know, that was going to be he was going to be the guy to then take him on to the sort of winning the Champions League and stuff. But not only has he not got to the Champions League final, but he's also not going to win the French league either. Like. How much of damage is this doing to his reputation? Because the the French league for PSG should be a given, shouldn't it? Mm. Well, it, sh- it should be a given, yeah. But I don't think it is. It, it, it's his entire fault if they don't get it this season because of obviously the season that they've had and 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 the way that the season's gone so far and the way that I look at the Champions League is. I think it's disrespectful for Man City that you know what I mean. Man City, oh yeah, no, I, I, Man, I Man City that, absolutely but... battered them in two games and deserved exactly what they got. I think what. Paris Saint-Germain players aren't used to they're not used to losing they're not coming against players week in week out game after game season after season with really difficult games and because their division's not strong um, mm. it lets them down because if they've had um, three or four week games before the Champions League the players aren't in a mental state to play a top top game You know, whereas the Premier League's always strong it's strong Saturday Tuesday Friday Sunday you know, I mean, you're playing against the best of the best, even when you're playing the Burnleys and the Wolves and the Newcastles, that you're, you're still playing against stubborn defenders in, in front of big stadiums, big crowds. And I don't see that in France, and it's letting them down. And you know what I mean? There's, listen, it's, it's Paris, it's a huge city, it's got, a, it's got a history of football, a history for, the, um, for a city. But for me, if it wasn't for the kind of money they were there, you know what I mean? There's only one reason why yeah. some of those world class players are there. They're there for the money, you know what I mean? Of course. And, and, for me, so, the Premier League's a better animal for some of those players to come to, Mbappe, etc. Verratti, even. Verratti, I think, is actually, there's a couple of clubs who could, he'd be perfect for, um, including probably United could do with him alongside um, some of the midfielders they've got. Um, but, like, I I should say, he's only a point behind. He's just not top of the league. Um, so yeah, there's but, a chance yeah, but, he could win. But they've, won, but they've won the league by 20 points previously. So course, it's, I, yeah. I, I, I And it's not Monaco, by the way, or Lyon or Marseille who are beating them to the league. It's Lille, which, again, you can't be disrespectful to Lille. They're there on merit. The league table doesn't lie. Um, and you're right. I could, and I wasn't saying it in a disrespectful way about Man City. Man City deserved to beat them over two legs. But Pochettino, tactically, I thought was quite poor. In the two, in both legs, really, but particularly the second leg and the second half of the first leg, he didn't adjust in that second second half of the first leg. He should have tightened things up a bit and adjusted, and he didn't. Um, and Man City kind of took, you know, got back into the game. 
Um, what, what, also, one thing I'd down like to the to, manager, mate. Isn't yeah, it? well, one, one thing I'd like everyone, everyone was slating Pochettino for not bringing Mbappe on. He must have been. He must have been injured. You know and what I mean? So be, because, be, but because because clubs can have um, eleven subs in a Champions League game. You know what I mean? If you had five subs, he wouldn't have ended on the bench, and he, you'd know he's injured. But because you can name him as a sub, because there's that many subs, it scares teams. Yeah, well, just yeah. a name, isn't it? It scares teams and thinks that. He's going to come on. He's going to. It keeps them thinking all of the time. Where you have five subs, you can't name him. It's just because it, it's a pointless. It's a waste of a sub. Where you can waste a sub when you've got every man and his dog on the bench. It's a pointless exercise. Yeah. Holgate Dad says managers need more time these days, in his opinion, and I can agree more. We've talked about that a few times with different managers. And like, look, I thought uh, Solskjaer was absolutely dreadful at Cardiff City, um, and I thought it took him a good eighteen months to even look like a. Manchester United manager, but you can't argue that he's made United better. Like, do they? You know, they've got, they've still got, like we've talked about already, problems in certain areas. But he's made them better, mate. You know, they're playing good football. They're scoring goals, um, and they're in the European final and they're second in the league. So, you know, Man City are the best team in Europe, in my opinion. So. They're the only team above them in the league. So, you know, I don't know. He gets a lot of grief. Um, but ultimately, you, he's doing a good job. And I think manage, that, that shows that if you do give managers time, they can they can turn it around. But it takes time to... What's the word I'm looking for? Like, install your team spirit, your the way you want things, your style, everything. And Pochettino is working with... You know, he's gone to Paris... Um, there, there are a lot of different nationalities of players, and it takes time, doesn't it, to mm. get your point across? Um, look at Mares, first season at Man City looked dreadful. Pep's turned him into, in my opinion, probably one of the players of the year this year for mm. Auckland in Europe. Like so, mm. right? Let's get let's get to the championship, make the really interesting stuff, because um, you know we could talk about this European stuff all day. What we need, mate, is a European show. Mm. Just add more shows. Yeah. Although someone someone did suggest that we should do a show every day um, earlier this week. I can't remember who it was. But um, I'm sure they'll tell me in the chat. But, like, you know, it doesn't take much effort, though, mate, does it? And, no, and work to do our show, no. no, it doesn't take any of our no. time, does it? So why not? We'll just do two a day. Morning and drive time. Um, maybe one day, mate, we'll be uh, the drive time radio for a national radio station. Donna just said, I did, it was her, it was Donna. Right, okay. There we go. Um, so, championship is hotting up, mate. We're going to talk, uh, we're going to go with the fixtures, because there wasn't two games this week, so we're going to go through the fixtures. We started uh, on, uh, what was it, the 1st of May, wasn't it? A full calendar of games. So, the yeah. first up was uh, Sheffield Wednesday and Nottingham Forest. Sheffield Wednesday could have done with a win. They did not get it. No, listen, the early game, I think um, it, it was probably handy to have an early game. I think for Sheffield Wednesday, they were playing against Nottingham Forest, who had nothing to play for. Sheffield Wednesday got away with one um, in, in terms of um, Lewis Grabby missed a penalty. Uh, Westwood, I'm not sure what he was doing. Overplaying from coming out from the back. I, I, don't, I don't know why teams think they can play like Man City and Barcelona. Um, just stick to your strengths, stick to your weaknesses. And just play the way that you you're comfortable in playing, and um, they got very lucky because that would have, that would have put them down. Um, even second half, I thought they lacked ideas. They made substitutions, brought Jordan Rhodes on, um, but 
think uh, overall, I think that the, the lucky they came out with the point, and they've given them, they've given themselves somehow um, an, an opportunity to stay up. I know we're going to talk about that a little bit at the end, but uh, they've given themselves a, a glimmer of hope to stay up. Yeah, I think so. I think um, it's going to be fascinating to watch this weekend. Let's say, and we're going to talk about the uh, the relegation battle at the end of the show today. It's um, some, sorry, I was just reading some comments. What did you? Uh, what was Matthew's question? Geraint said, "Answer Matthew's question." Um, what was Matthew's question? Anyone know? I can't see it. There's a lot of comments. Ah, uh, oh, are the Monday and Friday shows going to continue after the season finishes? Always. Always, right? We're all Always. year round, baby. Always. In fact, there's going to be more shows because the Euros are on. So, there we go. Did I just spoil the announcement? Mm. It wasn't exactly a big secret, though, was it? No. Um, next up, made next game was... Oh, I've got off my page. What's going on, Simon? Come on, get it together. Professional. Uh, Birmingham City nil, Cardiff City 4. Yeah, listen, absolutely. Meant nothing. Um, yeah, um, players played with a bit of freedom, a bit of confidence. Uh, Birmingham City looked like they've, um, they'd, they'd, they'd realised they'd stayed up the week before. And, um, and, and to be fair to them, they played a couple of, of younger players. Um, obviously the San Sam Cosgrove, Cosgrove he played um, they didn't play Jukovic up front they didn't play Hogan up front so they tried a few different things it backfired a little bit um, Harry Wilson's outstanding scored a hat-trick but he needs to be more consistent listen everyone's raving about it it was, it was an amazing hat-trick of course it was but he needs to do it all the time I'm not saying three goals all the time because that's impossible but he needs to bring goals consistency assists and the way that he attacked the game he needs to do that every single game to give Cardiff City an opportunity and a chance next year to get promoted if he's going to stay. Um, this will give him an opportunity to stay because I think the club will want to keep him. But will Liverpool be happy for Cardiff to keep him? Will he be going and fighting for a team, for a place at Liverpool? Who knows? But um, it was nice also to see um, uh, Harris get a goal. I thought it was a yes. very well-taken goal as well. I thought he ran yes. the line really well and it was a tidy finish. So um, pleased for the clean sheet. Um, you know what I mean? But I think uh, overall, I think they'll be really pleased with um, with the way that that finished, and they'll want they'll want to finish off in style at home on Saturday, which uh, won't be very good news for Rotherham, you know, because um, they Cardiff City still have a, a part to play in relegation. So, uh, depending on what team Mick plays, I presume he'll go strong because he's gone strong all the way through the season. Um, it'll be interesting. Uh, it'll be interesting how uh, how Cardiff set up because players want to earn contracts, players want to still be here next season, but Mick wants to see if those players deserve to be here next season as well. It's difficult. I um I I got to be honest. I don't see Harry Wilson being with Cardiff City next year, um, for various reasons. But on a more positive note, I think he's been all right. He's finished the season well. But like you say, consistency probably hasn't been there. Um, Johnny Williams, I think, if he could stay fit and play week in week out, is more than capable of playing that role in the championship. But he just doesn't seem to be able to stay fit, sadly. Um, Mark Harris has impressed me, mate. I've got to say, every time he's come on, I thought he's, I think his finishing is really good. But he gives us, he runs the lines well, and he gives us a different, uh, different option up front and yeah. out wide. And I like him. Especially, I, I, especially I'd like to see him play. and Kadeem Harris playing together, mate. To be honest. Especially honest. with the, especially the way that, the way the Cardiff City play. I think um, Nick's been. Quite open and honest that he's now probably picked his formation with uh, with 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 Kiefer up front um, and the three behind, but that limits Harris with an opportunity. 
Uh, but let's say it's 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 it it gives it gives players an opportunity. But what an option to come from the bench because having a young player there saves the club a lot of money. That means that if they do want to spend money, they can spend it in other areas, which is which is important. Yeah, Donna says, do you think we ever see Lee Tomlin play for the club again? He's still got a contract, so I don't, I don't see why why we shouldn't and why we can't. Um, he's got a big summer ahead of him personally. Um, he's got a, for me, he's got to start pre season now. He's got to get himself in tip-top shape and then come back pre-season when the rest of the players come back. He's got to hit the ground running and really, really want to play for that football club because he can't afford to be behind. You know what I mean? We're on about players who can play that position. There's no better player in the Championship on his day, fit and flying, than Lee Tomlin. You know what I mean? So he could he could be massive, but he can't do it sat on the bench. He can't do it sat on the stand. He can't do it with the pull-down string. He can't do it with, with, with muscle pulls. He's got to get himself in the right frame of mind to finish his career strongly because he doesn't want to he doesn't want to get this reputation because he's injured all the time and no one will take him and things. He's too good for this. He needs to knuckle down and get fit and, and show everybody how good he is. I wouldn't be surprised to see Harry Wilson at somewhere like Bournemouth next year. Um, maybe someone, a team which plays a bit more perhaps free-flowing football at the bottom of the Premier League or the top of the Championship. Oh. I don't think he's ready to play challenge at Liverpool, unfortunately, at the moment. Um, Reese makes a good point as well, by the way. He says, um, you've got to remember, Neil Harris played Harry Wilson on the wing for the majority of his time there. So mm. that was obviously a, an issue as well. Um, next up was Brentford getting ready for the playoffs. Oh, just very quickly, someone said, in the, I think it was Matthew said in the chat, I really hope Cardiff City play at least 50% uh, fringe players and youngsters tomorrow. Give those lads a chance on that last day of the season. They've got nothing to play for. And I believe that it would be a phenomenal experience for those lads and for mm. the players who've been in the squads and training hard all season. Give them a you know a good. Run. I get that. I get that. I get that totally. However, the problem what comes with that is because of Cardiff City still have a part to play in what what's going to happen in the league causes a causes a bit of a problem. Ethically, it causes a bit of a problem. Um, morally, it probably causes a bit of a problem. I think ideally for me, I would I would have switched it and done it against. Birmingham City and left yeah. it for the, for this game because because they're involved in it it's it's it just doesn't look great you know what I mean because you've got to you've got to see it from Cardiff's point of view next season they could be fighting for promotion and teams could you know what I mean yeah, it, it, listen I, I don't know what you can kind play of squad players but, can you that's the point of playing the squad that's the point of having well, yeah, a squad well, yeah, well yeah you, without, you can yeah but you, we're, we're talking we're, we're not talking squad players are we we're talking we're talking young players to see if they're ready you know what I mean and yeah. that's that's the that's the point. They have done that throughout the season sporadically, though, haven't they? They've played a couple yeah, but of not, youngsters. Not, not, not all not at once. Whole, yeah, not, not, all, yeah. not all at once. If you, if you, if you play a centre-forward tomorrow and drop Keith Moore and play a 16-year-old yeah. centre-forward, then that's fine. But if you play a centre-forward, a centre-midfielder, a goalkeeper and a right-back, yeah, that, that's not fine. Isn't it? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. It's, uh, it's an interesting one. Um, Brentford beat Watford 2-0. Uh, uh, Tony again, superb. Yeah, listen, uh, well, what, what impressed me the most is, uh, is Brentford weren't planning for the playoffs. They were planning on finishing as high as they can because they were the only side um, over the weekend who played their best side in the playoffs so you know they wanted to finish they want to finish top they want to finish their second leg away from home uh, at home sorry so because the, the, the first leg is away from home and um, they've got themselves a four point gap so they are going to finish in third place um, it all depends who they play they're either going to play um, against Bournemouth or, or Barnsley now um, yeah. so it's uh, yeah it's, uh, it's it's fair play about for, to, to Brentford they're uh, 
they were a good side. Watford had already gained promotion and it was always going to be a difficult game. And mm. obviously with, with Norwich winning, they won the league now. So Watford can go and enjoy the game tomorrow and just finish the season off in style. Exactly that, mate. Um, Huddersfield won, Coventry City won. Yeah, a um, bit of a drop finish for both teams, I think. Both both safe and nothing to play for. Um, but obviously you wanted to stay unbeaten. You wanted to finish the season with a bit of confidence, with a bit of, bit of swagger for both teams. Stay unbeaten, potentially. I think Coventry will be a little bit happier than, than Huddersfield will. Um, we look at I look at the last three games with Huddersfield and Coventry. All three three draws, nil 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 one one. So um, mm. not um, not great games to yeah. to watch. No, no indeed. And then we had Luton Town versus the mighty Middlesbrough, my friend. Um, yeah, not uh, not a great um, not a great spectacle in terms of, of, of games. Luton start start the game better, took the lead. Middlesbrough equalised through a little bit of a fortunate goal. Uh, Middlesbrough got lucky towards the end with a uh, with a penalty saved by Archer. Uh, but listen, I think Middlesbrough had a great season. You know, I, I did a I did a uh, I did a show for uh, for some of my Middlesbrough friends uh, who run the run the Middlesbrough own podcast, and um, and you know it wasn't we didn't have a disagreement. But I think people are disappointed when they see Barnsley in the playoffs and when they see other clubs in the playoffs. And I, I get the point, but for me, you've got to see a progression. For me. They, got, they should have got relegated last year if it wasn't for Neil Warnock coming in. So, and to where they are now and how they're finishing and how strongly they are looking as a group of players in the, in the team, then for me, I'm really excited and looking forward to next season. Yeah, 100%, mate. I think they've had a, both teams had a really good season, um, better than I think they would have been. So I think they can be happy with the, the way everything's gone. It's, I think Neil Warnock's made a huge difference to Middlesbrough. Um, and I think Luton Town will be absolutely ecstatic yeah. about their season to not be involved in the relegation zone, or well, both teams really to be to go from where they well, were last year well, both, and to both, both not stayed even up. being concerned about it. Both stayed up on the last day of the season, yeah. so. and they didn't even. It was never even a an issue this year. Was and it? Both, they were never both on seriously similar points it. as well. No, so it's it's been yeah. it's been a similar season. I'd say better for Luton because. Smaller squad, but Neil Warnock, I think, has made a big difference. Um, two clubs who've had a rock and roll season. Um, Jed Wallace scored again. Like he's he's been quite quiet this season by his standards. Yeah. Uh, Millwall beat Bristol City four one. Nigel Pearson got his new contract, mate. Hasn't improved their form. No, listen. You know, I mean, you got a new contract. You get beat four-one. It's listen. It's going to be work in progress for Bristol City in the summer. You know, I mean, they're going to have a, a big influx of players leaving, big influx of players coming in. Um, it's a huge job. Um, Nigel says he's up for it, which is great for them. Um, you just touched on um, Jed Wallace. Um, he's just Mr. Consistent. Gets his ten goals a season. Um, plays nearly every single game of the season. You know, I mean, he hasn't started many. He hasn't started them all. He's, he's done some off the bench this year, but one player in the in the Millwall side who keeps impressing me is Billy Mitchell in midfield. He scored yes. at the weekend. Um, he's twenty years old. Uh, he's, he's, he's he's got an appetite. He gets stuck in. He wins his tackles. He's a he's a proper Cockney kind of player that he gets stuck in. He, he no hairs or graces and just passes the ball to to the person next to him and just and just gets back in his little hole and does what he needs and really plays for him. He scored his first goal of the season and I thought he was outstanding. Here's a question then, mate. Would you have Billy Mitchell in your team of the year, or let's say your squad of the year? 
Yeah, I think I'd, I'd, have him, I'd, I'd have him. I'd have him. I'd have him in my squad for the potential that he's got to go and kick on. Because I think somebody like him needs to develop by watching the Wendy's, for example, and the the players at Norwich and the players at, at Watford, the, the mm. Tom Cleverleys. You know what I mean? Because these kind of players have have earned the right to be in that team because they've um, they've got promoted. You know what I mean? So it's it's difficult. Yeah, um, Gaz says Bristol have been shocking this year. I think Bristol City have had a really poor I don't think they've been that good, to be honest. They've been terrible. Um, Holgate, that says, sad thing is, Andy, most Borough fans think they're a Premier League team, uh, but those days have gone. Mm. Uh, listen, that's true. You know what I mean? I think uh, Middlesbrough fans, like any football fans, you live in the past sometimes and, and you see the stadium and you see the history and you see YouTube videos and see the the UEFA Cup game um, and the UEFA Cup final uh, and you see the players that they used to have and, and, and I think sometimes you forget and then you, you realise that you watch the TV and you think how far the club's gone, come, mm. how, how, whichever way you want to look at it. And, and for me... Players come and go, you know. I mean, good times come and go, bad times come and go. Uh, but you just need to embrace it, and that's the joy of being a football fan. If you if you just had highs all the time, it'd be boring. If you had lows all the time, it'd be boring. So you know, what I mean, the highs are great, the lows are horrific. But yeah, you know, what I mean, I'd rather sometimes have a have a relegation and then have a promotion the following year than just have mediocre seasons all the time. You know, what I mean, the teams who are just mid table all the time, 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 time is boring. You know, what I mean, I'd like to, I like, like, you know, what I mean, there's going to be a team tomorrow, sign and we're going to talk about that soon. But there's going to be a team tomorrow who is celebrating staying up more than probably Norwich and Watford celebrated all together going back on the Premier League. And that's going to be the, yeah. the joy of the joy of just being of just escaping relegation. That's just the, the chance that someone's got tomorrow. Someone tomorrow is going to be a hero. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah. Strange it's strange it's old world. Um next up was Norwich City gave uh, Reading a bit of a spanking. I think Reading get yeah. devastated to miss the playoffs probably want the season to be over, don't they? Yeah, they did. Yeah, but the um, the I think the uh, they tried to upset Norwich a little bit when one 0 ahead, and then uh, Norwich were like a wounded animal and came back and and smashed four past them. And listen, you know what I mean? That that Cantwell, Wendy, Pookie, the players. I spoke about Grant Grant Hanley. You know he doesn't get enough credit. Tim Krul in goal. These kind of players are. You know, they're going to go back to the Premier League, and and, and they're going to be they're going to be ready for it because they're going to know what what it's all about. They're going to you know I mean they're going to they're going to have the hurt from the season before. You know what I mean? The the Norwich fans and the Watford fans, they haven't been in the stadium to watch a Champions League game. They watched, the last time they were sat in the stadium to watch Premier League football, and they're going to go back to it mm. again. So it's absolutely fantastic for them. Listen, it's it's what dreams are made of, and um, and Covid's been quite kind to those football clubs in terms of uh, results and where they're going to end up being. But they deserve it. Norwich deserve the title, and uh, and fair play to them. 100%, mate. 100%. They've been the best team in the league. League table doesn't lie. And I think Reading, when they get over the disappointment of not making the playoffs, they've had a pretty good season. I think they've been much more consistent this year. They didn't fall off like they normally do. So no. you know, that's, a, that's, a, that's a big thing for them. Yeah. Uh, next up, mate, Preston North End finished with a good result against Barnsley, not Barnsley's uh, unbeaten streak finally came to a an end. Yeah, but that's what happens when you when I spoke about. Did they make many you, changes? They made a few changes. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a regular team that's been playing because they've got to think of the playoff side. They've got to think that they their players their players have gone through through so much strain. Games Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Wednesday, and then all of a sudden you've got an opportunity where you can rest them for a week or so. You're going to take it because you've got some. They've got some big games coming up because they will take two defeats on the bounce, as in last week and this week. As long as they win the next three games and they go to the Premier League, it's all about their 
the last three games for them. It's not about tomorrow. It's not about anything else. It's about the playoffs. And as long as they're going into the playoff games fit, fresh and hungry, they'll be all right. But nice for um, nice for Preston, you know what I mean? Because Preston have had a, such a difficult season. Last season, they had a really, really good season. And I know I'll go on, you know what I mean? They've got, they've got great attacking players. It's got Sinclair, Brown, Evans, Barkhausen. But they need to be consistent and get, get results up. And next season, can they fight again for the... For the top half, top six, top ten, because um, you know, I mean, they've got the players to do it. Yeah, hundred percent, mate. And uh, be interesting if they can hold on to those important players. Like with Barnsley, mate. I think out of all the clubs in the playoff, they were always going to be the most likely to rest players, um, purely because they've got the smallest squad, um, and they their squad is not as deep as some of the others. You know, the, the, a lot of the others have been in the Premier League recently. Um, so it was whether it was going to come down to whether Barnsley wanted to try and keep their momentum going and take it to the playoffs, or give those players a rest, both physically and mentally. And I think you know they went for the latter, and I think it's probably the right decision. But we'll see. Yeah. Um, obviously, tomorrow is massive for the four teams at the bottom. Uh, Rotherham United had two games this week. They they drew with Blackburn Rovers, one all, and then um, they also I'll tell us about the Blackburn game first, mate. Um, I think it was a, it's no shock to anybody that Adam Armstrong scored for Blackburn Rovers um, yeah. just before, uh, just after the 15-50 minute mark um, and then Rotherham through the kitchen sink at the, the create chance after chance after chance couldn't get the couldn't get the look and get the get the, get the goals what they needed and then just towards the end uh, Lewis Wing scored about five minutes to go um, How important is that goal? Huge goal um, but there was a more important moment towards the end that um, Jamal Blackman saved a one-on-one from Armstrong in the last kick of the game and that moment could be a defining moment and um, the manager said um, straight after the game he forgot about the result he said that save could be massive come um, come midweek against Luton which has now proved massive because obviously they went to Luton Town June 0-0 wasn't a great game they had a couple of half chances Luton had a couple of half chances it was a probably a better result for, for Rotherham but they, for me, Rotherham, they've put pressure on themselves now on Saturday having to win. You know, what I mean, if they if they if they won uh, against um, against against Luton, they're going to the game with a different mentality. But it's going to be it's going to be fascinating. They've given themselves an opportunity, and if you you asked me, probably six weeks ago, with all the games that they had to play, did they have a chance? And I said no because of the amount of games they had. You yeah. know what I mean? I think it's going to be difficult because of because of the other two teams who they're playing, and that's what's going to probably be the defining moment on them but listen whatever happens with Rotherham United Football Club they'll have done themselves proud and and done done league done league one proud as well because they've shown league one clubs that they can they can mix it with the best of them and push it all yeah. the way to the last game of the season 100% so um, Rob Boyle says can Sheffield Wednesday and Derby go down uh, no uh, let me just double check because if it's a draw if it's a draw then Derby go on to 41 as long as Rotherham win yeah is if Rotherham win and they they both draw, then 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 Derby, Sheffield wins in and Wickham all go down. Wow, that's going to be uh, it's going to be fascinating, mate. The relegation mm. thing, Sheffield Wednesday, we like we've done a beat a dead horse. They should be down already. Mm. Derby County have completely capitulated mm. in the since January. Like this is, this is, but this is the thing, side as well. Like if, Sheff, if Sheffield Wednesday win. And Rotherham win. Sheffield Wednesday are down already, so Sheffield Wednesday and Derby will be down if Rotherham win anyway. So it's it's unless Derby win. So it's yeah, Rotherham got to win. Basically. Rotherham win. Rotherham win. The, 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 well, if Rotherham don't win, they're down. So they've they've given themselves a Wickham fighting chance. Basically, need to win 
by like three or four goals, and then yeah. all the other teams lose by three or four goals. I think, which is which is impossible wild. though, because obviously it's, Derby are playing Sheffield Wednesday, so it's 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 just mathematically impossible because they yeah. you know because because them two are playing they each other, each so other out, they? yeah, basically, um, yeah. Um, it's good though, Stoke... no, no, no clubs are relegated so far, which is really interesting. Yeah, I love that, mate. Well, at one point, a couple of weeks ago, it looked like it was both the playoffs and the relegation were going to be done by the last day, mm. um, which is so you're allowed like to take something into that last day of the season. Um, next up, Stoke nil, QPR 2, mate. I can't get both these clubs, I'll be honest. I can't believe Stoke are, uh, mm-hmm. are, are performing as poorly as what and they are, one. and I can't believe that QPR are performing as well as they are. It's... Uh... When you've got a centre forward like Charlie Austin on the side, you've got an opportunity. You know what I mean? He's he's, he's obviously joined uh, from West Bromwich Albion um, on loan. Will he be able to keep him? Will he want to stay? Will he? Is he happy playing regular football? QPR can't afford to not replace somebody like him. So if there's an opportunity to keep him next season, take it because he's a born goal scorer. He leads the line really well. He knows the championship inside out, and he's a, he's just a, he's just a, he's just a natural goal scorer at this level. So. They will miss him like they missed um, Eze, like they missed other players. So if they if they keep selling and not replacing the players who, they, who they're losing, it's going to be difficult for them. Yeah, it's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting. Um, them up west beat Derby County two one. Um, not very often I'm happy that uh, Swansea City win, but I did want them to beat Derby County. Well, listen, I thought they got uh, quite fortunate. I thought Derby were excellent. Derby took the lead just after half time. Um, but then, but then you look at you look at the side side. You know, what I mean, he rested a couple of players. He played two two ex, two young lads up front in Cullen and Whitaker. Whitaker got got one of the goals. Mm. Um, so when you, but they they had every right to, to to try and save players for the playoffs. They've got they've got two got two big playoff games coming up, and then well, just two big playoff games coming up because they won't get into the third one. So it's just uh, <laughs> just two semi finals. So it's, it's it's it is what it is. They've got two two cup finals coming up for them to. To be part of, so it's uh, it's uh, yeah. So it's they've had four them. cup finals this week, this year. Lucky, very yeah. lucky for them. Um, yeah, but um, yeah, it's it's a strange one, mate. Uh, Derby, like they've just gone to pieces, and I don't. But that point, that, but that that point, but, uh, that one point player, that, one player who's massive. been good for them the last couple of games is Tom Lawrence, uh, which is hopefully a good sign for Wales because yeah, hopefully uh, on his day he's a good footballer. He's had, a uh, he's, had a, he's had a difficult he's, couple of years. He's had of course a difficult he couple of years, yeah. He's done the right things since that incident. Oh, it wasn't. Yeah, yes. Um, and then, of course, you had Wickham beat Bournemouth to keep their dream alive. Yeah. No matter how unlikely it is. Yeah. Um, Gareth Ainsworth's team will not give up. and That's been them all over the season. No matter how difficult they found it, they just, they'll lose a few and then they'll win a couple and... They just have not given up all year, um, and they should be very proud. And Joe Jacobson, by the way, going to get relegated, but I think he would be in my team of the year, probably. Well, I would be. Yeah. Oh, listen, they've, they've had an outstanding season. They they, they played against a Bournemouth side who made um, made quite a lot of changes. You know, what I mean, Jonathan Woodgate, he ringed the changes. He put he changed Billing, Dan Juma, uh, Lemmer, Smith, Solanke. Um, you know, what I mean, so he made a he made a host of changes, but they still had a Premier League outfit and still had Premier League players on the pitch. So, um, Wickham it just shows how far they've come, and it just will they regret at three o'clock tomorrow looking at the fixtures and looking at the games that they that they lost or late goals that they let in? That which game, which game will would they look at and think if we'd have just held out or just won that one game that that could have kept us up? Because that's what we're talking now, Si. We're talking small margins and. 
Yeah. It'll be so disappointing for them. You know what I mean? Like they lost at home three one to Luton Town, one 0 up, go down with ten men. Is that the game? Because that one stands out for me. You know what I mean? But it's, it's happened minutes. a couple of times, haven't it? Where yeah. they've thrown away a lead, when yeah. conceded late equalisers, conceded late winners. They've been ahead and and not won the game. They're the ones that make that difference, aren't they? Yeah. At the end of the season, it's a shame because Jacobson has been um, superb this season. Absolutely yeah. superb. Totally agree. Doesn't deserve to be relegated. Um, Sorry, Rob just asked if I'm going to do a Lions Tour series. Um, I'll throw that one to Andy because rugby. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't. I, I like watching it. I'm not really sure how confident I would be talking about it. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? I'm. I'm. I'm I, I get a little bit confused with the offside rule and and certain other things and and um, sometimes I've got to check that it's um, five points for a try and two for a conversion. I probably got that wrong, by the way, but so I apologise if you have. I'm sure I'm right. Uh, I'd fear um, rugby league, mate. For real, man. Yeah. Oh, that's why. Is I it prefer rugby league? Uni. Is that what it's called? Rugby yeah, league? I prefer I prefer union because it's is it softer then? I prefer that one. Just like I, don't, I get... just call it I just call it egg chaser, mate. I don't know. Yeah. I'm a disgrace <laughs> to Wales. I am. I just don't like it. I don't like it. I do watch the Six Nations. So I use. I met my wife because of rugby, though. So, which is weird because we both used to go and watch Cardiff City. But we met on the day we were in the pub watching the rugby with uh, with with old Willie. Um, not that that was Willie Boland, by the way. Just to clarify. Um, <laughs> so um, yeah, that's uh, that's the championship games, mate. I want to do some predictions though. For, uh, yeah, basically to make a clip to put out. So let's get our professional faces on. Um, Andy Campbell, who do you think is going to win the playoffs in the championship? Um, I think... Well, who do you I, think is going to be in the final? Uh, I think it's going to be Brentford against Barnsley. I think it's going to be Swansea against Bournemouth. I think it's going to be an all, all B final. So I'm going to go Brentford against Bournemouth, I think. And I think, and I think Brentford will go one step further this year. And I think Ivan Tony's going to score the winning goal at Wembley. Okay, so who did you say you think the semi-finals will be? Barnsley I think it's going to be Brentford, Brentford against Barnsley, and Swansea against Bournemouth. Uh, so I'm going to go with a Bournemouth Barnsley final with uh, Barnsley going up. And um, in terms of relegation, mate, how do you see that going tomorrow? Uh, obviously, I'm going to Wickham have Wickham have gone. Um, oh, I think Derby going to stay up. I, I just think I think something's going to happen in the game where they're going to stay up. If that's if that's a, a red card or there's going to be a decision, I've, I've got a feeling that Rotherham might get a positive result at Cardiff. I'm not saying they're going to win, but I think it might be, they might get a positive result, which will keep the pressure on the on the Derby game. But I just think I just think Derby have some really really big name players, and I'm on about your uh, your Colin Kazim Richards, your your Lawrence, and you know I mean if those players, all they need to do is turn up for one game this season, regardless how good or bad they've been all season. If they turn up tomorrow and play well, they'll be heroes of Derby County, heroes of Pride Park, and as long as the snow doesn't turn up tomorrow, you'll be all, we'll be all right. Yeah, it's um, it's interesting, isn't it? How that's going to go? I. I got a feeling. I said this a couple of weeks back. I got a feeling Derby are going to go down, um, and on one hand, I don't want them to go down because I would like Wayne Rooney. I would like to see how Wayne Rooney goes for a, you know, with a full season and his own players and stuff. 
but on the other hand, I'd really love to see Rotherham stay up, um, just because of how they've played on, on you know such a small squad, small budget, small everything. Like I'd just love to see them. them. And Sheffield Wednesday, mate, if they don't go down, that's going to upset me a lot, just because of what happened. That's not you know I feel for their fans, but you know they should be down already. Let's yeah. be honest. Gaz says Wayne Rooney should play himself in centre midfield tomorrow. Tell you what, it'd be interesting. If he, I tell you what, if he did, it would uh, get him it, going, wouldn't it? It would. Uh, it would not surprise me, you know, if he stuck his boots back on tomorrow. I wonder how fit he is because he hasn't played if he at all. Tell just you what, he could over. do it. He could do an hour, running, run himself Set in the ground mid, for the just football. Just play the whole in midfield role and tell him like boss him, manage him from the pitch. Mm. Be interesting. Um, yeah, so I'm going to go with Rotherham to stay up. Um, very quick, going to do a question from Cade. He says. Andy, so what's your favourite ever chocolate bar stroke sweets? Um, I'm a big white chocolate fan, so yeah, I'm going to go, too. yeah, I like my white chocolate, so anything, Nuggy Bar. Um, Do you know what? The big, the big good, one. Mate? The big uh, one. White, like, white Lion Bars are real good. White Lion Bars, well, I like a white oh, Kit Kat. Oh, mate, so they're amazing. White like Lion white Bars, you can go like B&M bargains and stuff, they are, they are great. Saying that, I, I'm a big, uh, I'm a big um, Kinder Egg fan, I like the, I like the Kinder Egg as well. So, I'm a big, I'm a big I, kid. I, I like sweets. I do, mate. I'm a big kid. Um, I try not to because obviously I smoke. I try not to smoke in the car because other people have got to go in the car who don't smoke. So I try not to smoke in my car, and I so I have always got like a lot of sweets. And, uh, <laughs> I'm not laughing at you. I'm just laughing at Rob Boyle's, Rob Boyle's comment. Well, in fairness, <laughs> he's saying milky bar. There's nothing wrong with a milky bar. How about the Kinder eggs that he said? <laughs> I don't play with the literally type. made for kids. Um, right, uh, we are back on Monday, mate. To tell the people about the guest. Yeah, well, listen, we've got we've got a good one on uh, on Monday. We've got uh, Carlos Arbor. Uh, Carl's played for Brentford, Gillingham, Sheffield United, Stoke City, Millwall. Um, if I, apologies if I've missed any, uh, Carl, if you are watching, um, scores, scores goals for fun throughout his career. Um, that infamous game, which we've had on quite a lot of times, by the way, Gillingham playoff final against Man City. Yeah. Another player who played in that game. Another player who's going to tell a heartache of that game. A player, I'm sure, who scored in that game, though. So it's going to be your, um, it's going to be another, another conversation from a different point. But um, listen, that that man was born to score goals. When I used to watch him play, when I seen when I played against his um, teams, which he played, and he was always a threat. He always scored goals, and his. His just name just 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 reminds me of playing people scoring goals. He's um, really looking forward to digging deep and, and what he's doing now. If you follow follow him on social media, I know he's, he's very private in what he does, but he's he's always out and about. He's always walking, doing stuff. So it's um, I'm really interested to see what he's uh, what he's up to. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it, to having a chat with him. Um, got loads of stuff coming up though, lads. Before that, like ladies and gentlemen, we got uh, tonight Super Kev Unscripted live at nine o'clock. Join us for that. Talk some nonsense. Have a bit of fun. Just relax. Uh, Sunday, a new episode of My Story, and I, uh, I interviewed Shed Seven lead singer Rick Witter, and uh, he, what a story he's got! What a lovely man, and uh, really good one. Loved that. Love a bit of Shed Seven, mate, as well. So that was nice to have him back on the channel and go through his life and his story. He's got an interesting story as well. Obviously, a top band who uh, played, you know, big band as well, mate. Um, Andy, as ever, mate, it's been a pleasure to talk to you for an hour and nearly 15 minutes. Um, if you could say one thing to the people, what would you say? 
Um, if it wasn't for you lot, we, me and Sai wouldn't be here. We do this for you. My mummy and daddy have been talking about life insurance. It sounds like something to protect my brother and me, but I don't really understand. Then my auntie Louise told mummy about Bespoke Financial Teesside. She said they're a local company who helped her with her life insurance. Mummy got in touch and because they're based locally, a man called Darren was able to come to our house. He was really friendly. Darren stayed for a cup of tea and made it all really easy to understand. He said that life insurance will protect our home and family if anything bad were to happen. Like if mummy or daddy got sick, then we'd get enough money to take care of us and our house would be paid for so it wouldn't get taken away. After an hour, Darren said goodbye and mummy and daddy seemed a lot happier. Once it was all sorted, we could all relax and watch a film together as a family. I don't know why they didn't do it sooner. I belong, I belong to you. I belong, I belong to you. Do just what you want. Network.